0: This is the Fire Dog Podcast. The views and opinions presented on today's episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily represent the views of the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. Welcome, my name is Ben Perry here with Matt Wilson. Thank you for joining us on episode 19 of the Fire Dog Podcast. Our guest today is a crew chief at Joint Base Andrews Fire Department in Maryland. He has his master's degree in public administration. He's authored two books in investing in finance and was recently selected as the John L. Levito award winner in his Airman Leadership School, the highest award in enlisted professional military education. And if that's not enough, he was selected as one of the Air Force's 12 outstanding airmen for 2019. Please welcome Justin Starks.
1: Welcome. Welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you guys for having me.
2: So you got such an impressive resume so early in your career. Really excited to talk about that. So we'll start out with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from?
1: Um, yes, sir. I'm from um, Jackson, Mississippi, down south. So I grew up in the south. Um, been in now for four years and six months. So just started learning. Um, just started learning. Um, most definitely was a culture shock leaving Jackson, Mississippi, because it was just 100% the inner city. So when I stepped into this organization, it was a um, huge culture shock. It was, it was a turn of things from what I'm used to, but it's, it helped me out. It helped me out 100%, um, and it helped me grow as an individual to see um, a different side of life what i was used to
2: what what specifically in terms of your experiences in jackson mississippi do you think helped you
1: um just growing up we didn't have everything we didn't have a lot Um, my parents they were hard workers um they were hard workers throughout my life um but they were you know was always trying to climb trying to get out of the struggle trying to get to the next plate of food trying to get to the next um bill um it had some different type of struggles within the inner city um, that would kind of help mold me into the guy I am today, because I grew up without a lot. But when I joined the military, I started noticing that there was a lot of great opportunities that were out there to reach if you just reach for them and go for them and, and plot your goals down, you could actually achieve them within this organization. That's the beauty of it. So just growing up without, not just growing up without a lot, and I joined the military was a whole switch around on things that you could come in, use um, Air Force, who will use um, use some of those opportunities to climb and climb, uh, climb to the next step.
2: So it really helped you build resiliency, a lot of your experiences, and made you pretty
1: tough. Um, yes, sir. 100%. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: So a, a large conversation, you know, throughout the world right now is um, opportunity and bias and racial issues. How, how much of that speaks to you right now? You know, is there anything... On your mind with regard to kind of the the topic that's on everyone's mind right now?
1: Um, yes, sir. So um it's a lot of things going on with, right now about that situation that's taking place in America right now. We had a we had a daunting moment right now where there's a lot of um, adversity going on. It's a lot of on um, racism going on, which is the oldest in history is race. So we're just getting to understand each other's side, but not trying to like change people mindset, you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I won't sit here and try to change your mindset on how you grew up just to understand me, but I would just, you know, through training and education, we could all learn, you know, different sides of diversity and inclusion to make sure everybody is a part of a part of the um, growth in America. So it's just understanding each other, um, willing to learn, willing to help each other out. That's what I really believe. And just getting the proper training to understand our sides.
0: And listening, right? I mean, a mm-hmm. lot of it, comes down to just listening to each other and being willing to kind of be open-minded with being, wi- being willing to be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. If you hold some sort of preconceived bias mm-hmm. um, conscious or otherwise that, that you may hold from how you, you know, one was brought up, um, just kind of That's being right. willing to be wrong and listen to the other person, I think uh, goes a long way and be vulnerable and, and, uh, Kind of just communicate what's on your mind and don't be fake, right? Be genuine.
1: Yes, sir. And just understand we all grew up different. We all grew up with um, different lives, different communities. So we won't understand every spectrum of the globe. We won't understand everybody's background. So. Absolutely. Do
2: you think there's room for improvement in the Air Force specifically or in our career field? And what should we do about
1: it? I'm um, like I said, I've been in four years and six months, so I don't, um, I'm not an expert on it. I'm just learning as I go, but, um, we can most definitely always improve. We always improve in the past as a force. And I think also right now through what's going on, we're still improving through it. So we're still improving through what's going on in America. We're still trying to make sure everybody have a voice. We're still trying to make sure, um, the right people getting recruited from all uh, different parts of the globe. Um, we're still trying to push everybody up to success, to, um, handle the business and come out on top. So that's, that's a great thing about the Air Force too. That's the great thing about the Air Force that we are trying to move as a whole.
0: Well, speaking about the Air Force, um, you've been really successful in your short time, a little over four years. You said you've been in. Um, I assume up to this point, you've kind of hel- held the standard fare of firefighting jobs up through where you're currently at. Um, and I believe you just made staff sergeant. Is that right?
1: Yes, yeah, so that's correct. I just put on here and I marched off ALS. So you've probably been, you
0: know, firefighter driver operator and now probably stepping into that crew chief role yes sir that's correct have you held any other um jobs you know alarm room or, or any other out, outskirts jobs
1: um uh, for alarm i just do aro um back then when i was a1c or senior airman once i got started with telecom went into and then i moved into training. and i was in training for a while when i first got to the department Um, And I just want to thank leadership for putting me in an opportunity, too, as well, because I was young, fresh, still new, just still learning, you know, just trying to understand a whole ordeal of firefighting in our career field as far as SOPs, SOGs, after 88s and everything else. That was great of learning when I first got there, just trying to be a good lineman and plugman. But I also had an opportunity to come to me early on that they put me in training for six months. So I seen like um, a wide spectrum of how it actually operates in the fire department. At first, you know, when I first got there, I was just on the floor, you know, doing my job, making sure I'm on time. Uh, making sure I'm, you know, listening to the rules and regulations, making sure I uphold custom and courtesies as well. But when I finally got in training for the first time, I also uh, I actually uh, witnessed how our operation works. As far as with the department, as far as how eight hour jobs work with, you know, operations on the floor. You know, coming from out the floor, joining the training, the, the training department. So it was, it was a great experience for me early on. And also, too, as well, right now, I'm currently filling in for um, station captain. So I'm knocking on my own station captain checklist uh, right now. I'm filling in because we have a, um, a NCO, a tech sergeant. He's in NCOA academy right now, you know, preparing for master. So I'm in that role right now, station captain where I've been filling in station captain now for like two, three weeks and knocking on my own station captain checklist. That's awesome. So, yeah. So to just learn.
2: So were you asked to be in those positions like training and station captain or did you raise your hand and say, hey, let me do this or can I can I have the opportunity
1: um no so I, to be honest, I never raised my hand at all. Or um I'm a reacquired reserved person, so I just show up and work and I guess um, uh, you know, my leadership, they know where to place me at on the floor, on and off the floor. So that's just a blessing with them of really understanding talent management. You know, me it just, you know, I'm gonna show up to work, do my best. You give me 60, 55.06, you know, to deal the eye of our career field and I'ma just soak up all the information I can and knock out, you know, the training and the certifications I need to. But So they witnessed that. So they placed me in all positions that would um, help me step up and help me grow as a better airman and a better leader. So
2: do you think that played into your success, that stepping outside of your comfort zone, doing things that you're not comfortable
1: doing? Um, Yes, sir. A hundred percent. Cause like I said, I'm real, I was real reserved. The first coming in, Um, I'm actually starting to grow up my shit left my first appointment downrange, range. Uh, when I went downrange to Africa, um, I finally, you know, Understood. to another photo another um, picture of how it operates and just stepping on my comfort zone with my teammates and I'm um, just helping the team get to the next get to the next milestone or conquer the next goal what's
2: some advice you can give to people that are reserved there's there's a there's a handful of people that are reserved what kind of advice can you give to them so that they can you know have the same kind of success you've had
1: um yes yeah, so I just continue to be yourself um, don't try to change too much about yourself I'm um, just going in knowing that You know, it's okay to be you. It's okay to be you. Your leaders know who you are. Um, Your teammates know who you are. I mean, you know who you are most definitely, especially. Um, So just being yourself every day, and just knowing it's okay to be yourself, that's some of the advice that I have, and that kind of worked out with me too. Cause no one ever asked me to change um, leadership. They they would, you know, some would sometimes be like, starts you don't smile a lot. (laughs) That's pretty funny to me, but uh, they just know it's me. They know it's part of my. um, They know it's part of my identity. You know, outside of my career field, um somewhere, sometimes, you know, some people may not understand, but you know, my leadership and my teammates and my coworkers there know exactly how I am and how I operate. So, so just being you at all times, just being you at all times. People could read, people could read when you're not genuine or when you're trying too hard. It's always best to be you and stay. I am a type of stay just stay up under the radar. I don't like to I don't like to do too much on um, flying. As, I, as we call it, I don't like to do too much, but I like to step on the radar and make sure everybody's taken care of and my teammates are taken care of too, as well, because I'm still learning too, as well, because I've only been in four years and six months. And for, with firefighting, it's been about just three years and some change with firefighting, or it's actually being in our career field and learning. So it takes a lot to be humble too, as well. You got to be humble. Because, like, like I mentioned, um, I was on the floor, I went to training for six months, but now I'm a station captain. I've only been in with firefighting only about three years and some change. And I'm doing station captain, so I most definitely have to stay humble. And know that you can rely on your team. I'll always stay humble. I'll always stay humble. So you were selected for
0: 12 outstanding Amber of the Year um, for 2019. Is that right?
1: Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah.
0: So so you've over the last you know close to a year now, you've been enjoying the success of that that win. Uh, I assume you've done quite a bit of traveling and talking and, and engagements with the other uh, Twelve OAY winners and the Air Force leadership around. Uh, love to hear about that and any kind of cool stories you may have from that.
1: Uh, so it was a beautiful experience. You know, the whole thing was teamwork. It was teamwork. always involved because, like I said, I don't. I didn't know how to write bullets. I was just a senior, I and mean, I was on E three, four. I have a. I have a clue about writing bullets. I'm getting better now within my within my role. Now as I start writing packages for everyone else, but at first, you know, just coming out, just doing a job, and uh, you know, to be presented that type of accolade early on was most definitely a blessing. I feel like it's a win for the whole career field, not just myself at all. I don't think that award um, really identifies who I am. I don't think it's just about me. It's about my whole team, my whole organization, the work we put in at, um, around the whole Air Force, especially um, Joint Base Andrew, and just the whole career field, just the whole career field around the globe and inside of the Air Force. And then we had some great TDYs too as well. Um, the AFA that was down here at the Gaylord Hotel, uh, that was a, that was a, that was a beautiful conference, Air Force Association. I held it every year. This year, I believe, since COVID-19 taking place, they won't be able to uh, move forward with having it, having an official affair with the newly, um, 1208 wise, but it was most definitely a beautiful experience seeing how it operates, seeing all the higher ups, um, coming to you, congratulating you, giving, taking their time to talk to you and just, um, having your leadership to leadership there as well and to give you the congrats. So it was a couple cool TDYs. And then we went to the Air Force Academy too, as well spoke to the cadets so they could get an understanding of the enlisted side before they graduate. That was pretty awesome too. And that was a pretty awesome how they would just um, open and hear what you had to say based on your experience. Cause you know, they could, at the Air Force Academy, they could, they could most definitely feel that they have a one up over enlisted. But when I went there, that's what I always used to think too, you know, being with the Air Force Academy, you know, you think that, you know, they probably, you know, don't feel like that they're better than enlisted, but they could, they probably, probably had like a, you know, you, you would think that. You would think that before you go to the First Academy. Once I went to the First Academy, it wasn't that at all. They were just open to hear what we had to say. They was really in tune to what we had to say, and um, they were most definitely learning from us, and I learned from them, too, as well. I most definitely learned something about going there and um, engaging with the students and our future leaders, so it was most definitely a, uh, a nice experience. And there were just two TDYs I had um, along this ride with boy uh, Y, that I was able to be a part of, despite me being downrange um, in Africa. I missed out on a couple of things due to that. but it's all right.
2: Tell us about meeting Chief Wright, General Goldfein. How was that?
1: Uh, That was an awesome experience. I'll never forget that. I was at Chief Wright, right at his house. He had something for us. Um, He had something for us. It was real nice. had a welcome ceremony ceremony, and just had a ceremony in general just to congratulate us. And just meeting them, the two awesome people, they're a great team. They're a great team. We, i seen the changes they made within the Air Force way before I understood what was the Chief Matter Sergeant in the Air Force and way before I understood what was um, C-South. So it was most definitely a beautiful experience just to talk to them, be hands-on. They um, had a lot of meetings with us too as well to try to um, give us those tools to uh, to, tools to be successful in this organization. Well, definitely a nice experience. They're, they're real down humble guys. You would think that they're – you know that even though they have a lot going on in the plate at all times, they'll they'll they, they, will, they will always take five to ten minutes just to talk to you. And um, yes so Even when I was down at AFA, he gave me um his phone number, but I, I never most likely called it. <laughs> you know, based on me just being all the way lower ranking. He even though he said you know reach out at any time, I'm still like um no sir, I'm sorry, I I just can't do that. <laughs> even though he got an open door policy, but, but yes sir, it yeah, well, really whatever. That's
0: nice. a sign of a of a humble leader. You know, someone who's willing to. Personable, make themselves available to you, um, regardless mm-hmm. of where you are or when that might be, and probably really motivating to you. I would assume.
1: Yes, I real motivated.
0: Do you find that you're able to kind of capture that motivation and motivate others with the success that has been shown to you from the the recognition that you know that your team helped build around you? Um, do you find it pretty easy to go out and motivate others now?
1: Um. Yes, sir. I'm um, learning from that experience. I feel like I always take it back to the department and take it back. Even if you're not in the military, I could take it back home and most definitely um, start a change, you know, within an organization and even back home with friends who are still, you know, with, within Jackson, Mississippi, you know, the inner city. But I can most definitely take those experiences and, and help others change from it. Almost so do that, sir. Well,
2: you said it earlier. You represented the career field great. I mean, what better than two 12 outstanding airmen in in one career field? It's it's awesome. And so on behalf of the Griford or on behalf of myself, I appreciate that. I appreciate the good representation, but uh, not to take away from you as an individual, though, man, it's a it's a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, Super proud of you. Super impressed. Um, I'm also impressed that you have a master's degree in public administration and you've authored two books in investing in finance. So let's talk about that. What drove you to pursue a master's degree?
1: Um, like I said, the opportunities coming in, I already came in having my bachelor's degree in education. And then when I got into the military, I was hearing CCAF and how that was really important to get, even though you already had prior education. So just coming in, knocking those out, and I was trying to find out ways to not got the last two classes for my CCAF. And I was told from my other senior I'm on the floor at the time that there were you know, ways to get it for free. You know, you could go and take the Dante's or the CLEP, or you could use AFBEC and use the um, benefits for school. And I said benefits for school because I never heard of Afbech at first for Forest virtual education center. So when I uh, went into it, they explained it to me. They said you get forty five hundred every fiscal year. You know, I didn't really understand the fiscal year either. It's October to October. I know that now. But and he also told me about the how it also replenishes every October. And I said, and I had to, I had to stop him. I said, so you telling me I got a free forty five hundred dollars? every fiscal year, remind you I'm from the inner city. So having an opportunity like this is beautiful to me <laughs> cause this doesn't come around a lot where I'm from. So I said, I said, I said hold up, wait, So, so you telling me I got a $4,500 free every year while I'm in. So you telling me I could take as many classes, six, seven, eight classes every year and it's okay. I won't get penalized. I won't I won't be stealing. I won't be doing fraud, waste, and abuse. He said, no, nah, it's yours. It's yours. Why are you in it? Why are you serving? You know, we signed up. We volunteered to be here. So it, you know, that's another great benefit that we have, another great entitlement. So um, just knocking out the CCA up. I had two classes left. And then I said, you know, I want to continue my master's, even though doing my bachelor's, I always said I'm not going back to school. But when I got an opportunity like this staring in my face, um, I had to take it. So I just enrolled in school and knocked out my master's. Um, While well, I was still getting my five level at the time, but my supervisor, he's seen how I was um, maneuvering through my five level. And he was um, also impressed too as well. And he was a great mentor that Sergeant, uh, um, Tech Sergeant Jones, by the way, Tech Sergeant Gerard Jones, my first supervisor. And he allowed me to take class to start being enrolled in a of my master's That most definitely helped me out early on. To see the opportunity and see that, you know, even though I wasn't done my five level, he still let me progress with um, professional development and education in that arena too as well.
2: Yeah, that's a great supervisor, yeah, encouraging you to do that kind of stuff. Uh, but it, like fun. you
1: said, what what a
2: fantastic benefit that we have as military members, $4,500 a year, six mm-hmm. classes paid for, uh, not to mention that's the GI Bill, if you want to use that. Mm-hmm. You took that's advantage fun. of it, obviously, man. So, And that's a unique thing to have as an
0: enlisted Airman-tier airman tier airman. I mean, fun. only 0.135% – have a master's degree in that category, then you're one of them. I mean, that might be, I don't know what the math works out to, maybe 10 people.
1: Yes, um, so that's
0: just an outstanding small group to be a part of yet again.
1: Yes, sir. And also since, um, you know, once you confer your first degree, your bachelor, your master's, you know how AFVAC don't want to pay for the second one. But right now I'm getting ready to close out my second master's in business administration from Jackson State University, which I paid for out of pocket by my first deployment, That I just came back from. So I noticed I said it's an opportunity to still, you know, go out there and seek um, other opportunities. So instead of, you know, me using that money down range to come back and buy that new car, I'm still driving my old 2006 Crown Victoria. You know that I had three years since a young airman. I was able to take those funds and get my um, second master in the business administration because that was important to me.
0: That's outstanding, man.
1: Well, you're making me feel bad, man, because I just bought a new truck. Uh, I got I, a new truck. I, 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 I'm, I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have to get a new car, regardless, for my wife because we have a baby on the way. So there's, there's there, you go. a there you go, new car. There you go. that'll sir.
2: drive. That'll motivate you for a new. Day,
1: right? uh-huh. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: So I mean, you you must have big plans, man. Two master's degrees, business administration, public administration. Wrote two books on investing in finance. Talk to us about those books.
1: Um, I, I talked to those here, too, about the story of how I even started writing down my goals and writing about books. So once again, I just came into the military, fresh at um, Joint Base Andrews, and I had this um, senior by the name of Senior man, um, Torres. He's out now, but he's still doing firefighting, still doing a job. But um, I was sitting down at the computer once again doing CBTs and upgrade training, and then he, and then he logged in, and I said, what you got, what you, what you doing over there, sir? You know, he was seeing him, so I gave him the respect that he deserved. And then he just said, I'm, I'm making sure I'm, my TSP um, is doing well. I'm trying to make sure my TSP is okay and up to date on my percentages. And I said, what's TSP? He said, you don't know about that? He said, it is like a 401k. Well, I really didn't too much know about 401ks. Until, like, until um I really didn't know too much about 401ks unless it was from TV or something. I thought you had to be rich to get a 401k. But he said, nah, man, we got the option too to get a 401k. k remind you, this is the same airman who told me about school. So he really helped me out. He really helped me out, um, set me up for success. So he told me about TSP. He helped me enroll in it, helped me about the percentages, 50, 30, 20, however you want to set it. I'll have it equals up to 100. You know, you got the C fund, S fund, I fund, and you have other life cycle funds. So he helped me out early on. So so after that, I enrolled in it, got the letter, I logged in, made sure my funds were set up. I wasn't making a lot because I was in the dorms. But I said, this is another great opportunity to build wealth, you know, something I was introduced to in the inner city. I, it was a whole different connotation around, you know, wealth within the inner city, you know, how that goes to as well being lower class, you know, middle class, upper class. So I learned with the lower class, you know, but uh, I definitely started learning about building wealth and I got fascinated with it. I started reading books by um, Benjamin Graham. And I started reading books about um, uh, Napoleon Hill, Thinking Grow Rich, that helped me out. And I really didn't know too much about that information, but there were any books. So I said, this, this must be the right plan, you know, to set up automated, make sure your funds get automated to your TSP every month and make sure you're investing no matter how the market is doing um, and make sure, you know, you have IRAs to out the individual Roth accounts. I really didn't too much know about that either. So once I started dabbling and dabbling in TSP, I started running down my goals more. And I started paying off the debt that I had in college, but I had a full scholarship, but I still took out some funds here and there, you know, you're only young once. So I still took out some, you know, kind of uh, all with, Yes sir. But I, I regretted it when I paid it off, but I paid it off. And then I said, okay, I freed up these funds. I have no debt. So now I can move over here and invest, you know, in an IRA and still try to out my TSP. And that's when I just started saying, I need to, I need to write this because a lot of people, you know, across the globe, not just where I'm from, but across the globe probably don't know about the information. I know they'd probably listen to someone younger, you know, who who they grew up with or who they see on a daily that they'd probably, you know, take heed and listen to and probably actually like probably read through the book. So these books aren't necessarily geared towards military. They're they're just
0: general books for any everyday person to pick up and, yes, sir. and read.
1: Yes, sir. in the military, outside the military. Um anybody who wanna learn about investing in finance. Um, it just, you know, the um a Start a starter books. Now it's nothing too. It's nothing too fancy. I'm not like I'm not Warren Buffett or anybody up top. Or I'm just it's just a starter finance. Not just working with what I got and just learning, and understanding how finance to work is a whole different language behind it. I mean, I started writing down my goals. And then I got two. And then I was um, also doing. I had a website for a while, but um, it's not up and running currently right now because I'm trying to uh, rebrand it. But um, uh, I had that up and running so I, so I could take this information and I could put it in a book. I just had to write a couple more chapters, put it together, make sure the lines right, get an editor to do it. And it just, it's self-published too as well. Nothing fancy, stuff-published like four or five dollars. Um, nothing too costly, but it just teach people about, you know, the people who did, who, who actually who bought into it. But I would expect I only sell five copies. You know, I made I made that threshold, so it was only like if like 20 with both of the books, it's like 20, 30 copies sold. So I was just blessed for that. But I only wanted to teach, you know what I'm saying, touch people who were willing to, you know, even understand. I thought i was gonna be like one or two sales. And I would have been happy with that, would have been blessed with that, but it most definitely turn out to be 20 or 30, so I'm most blessed with that too as well.
2: Well, put in a quick plug for it, man. What, what are the names?
1: Um, the first one is Five Superior Ways to Eliminate Your Debt. That was the second That was the second book. But the first one, How to Effectively Run Your Bands Up. And, you know, bands up basically mean like money. So with that book, I was just trying to be more geared towards, you know, people who was following me on Facebook. I was still attached. I'm still attached to the crowd back home, so I was just trying to see if they would, you know, with a title like that, see if it would be fancy enough for them to pick up the book and it wasn't no boring type of title but the second book is called five superior ways to eliminate your debt and i also try to make that geared towards people to you know just pick it up say it's easy steps like five easy steps and things like that too as well but yeah so and it's self-published books as well so i just when i was done i had my files and i just uploaded on amazon nothing fancy Nothing the fancy mm-hmm. once again i didn't call out to somebody at new york times or Sounds fancy practice. to me, man. Uh, Sounds yeah, fancy right. to me. I did it myself. Yeah, sir.
2: They, know, they know about it now, man.
1: You're going to have everybody buying that book. Now, were these, <laughs> yes, did
0: you write these before your 12-O-E-Y experience or, or kind of after?
1: Um, it was before, sir. While well, I was, again, in my first um, my first master's program. So I was doing a lot of work. I said, you know what I'm doing? I'm writing a lot of papers for these schools. So I might as well, you know, write something that I could actually publish and have my name on it. So that's why those ideas came out too, as well, as I was writing through the papers and going sure. through that degree program.
0: So it's clear that you were able to have quite a bit of success in many different areas early in your career. Um, I guess the the meat of this conversation is what kind of advice could you give to others in your situation, in your position of being in maybe in their first enlistment of how to kind of take advantage of the opportunities and, you know, achieve success similar to what you have?
1: um yes sir it always come down to professional development so always understanding your why why you joined why you came in the military um just making sure you always keep that with you closely and never forget never lose sight of it Um, i just staying motivated to it staying motivated as well just awakening with your passion every single day you know going to and from work always some type of motivation that get me started up in the morning going to and from work so just and always writing down your goals too as well. Um and just encouraging others, even though it was, even if it could be through CDCs, um, TDYs, college courses, just encouraging others through what you do. And they they'll be seeing, they'll see the energy that you give off. And they'll want to be like, hey, they'll take two, And they'll be like, Hey, what you got going on? I probably want to enroll in my office one. I want to enroll in my um and all my other ones too as well. And I'm and tele telecom one and two, and, you know, just knocking it out because you leading the way. Yes, sir. And uh, working with different personalities. Um, just make sure you know how to work with different personalities and know how, you know how to understand different people. Don't try to judge at all. But just understand we're all different, and it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to show vulnerability, and it's okay to show humility and understanding that you don't have all the answers. But like I said, I've only been in four years and six, six months, so, and I've only been doing firefighting, you know, this job, like three years some change so I, I know I don't have all the answers, even though I have um, a lot of certifications finished is completed, but we all know just because you had to cert that, I mean, you're a pro at the job just yet, so it's a lot of... There's a lot of answers I don't have for individuals as I move up. And I understand that. So that's why you got to use leverage and use your team, um, talk to your civilians, talk to your military counterparts and get everybody's perspective.
2: You make a good point earlier that helping out others it is important to your success. Uh, I think that's something that it, it took me a little while to learn in my career. It, it's about the people that are around you. That's yes, That kind of determine your success and determine the team success. So if you don't so much focus on yourself, but you focus on the people around you, you end up being more successful when your team is more successful. It's advantageous to help other people around you. I think just from listening to you talk, it sounds like that's probably a key attribute uh, of your character is that you care about the people around you. You legitimately care and you've helped them succeed. And here you are, 12 Outstanding Airmen.
1: Yes, sir. Most definitely um, a beautiful road here. Most definitely always. Care about people around you and care about your team around you. Cause they they care I seen early on too as a young airman you know coming in you you get caught up in competitive mode, trying to go against the peers, knocking at your five level, trying to knock out you know things and and get you know airmen of the quarter, Airmen of the first second third or fourth quarter, you try to reach out for that, be competitive, but if you just sit back and understand like hey. You know, let me help out the next man. Let me help the next guy. I may don't need to go up this quarter, but can we put my teammate up this quarter? Can I help write his package? Can I help get his bullets established? And you will get more out of that than just an award or stuff. So you get more out of it because now you got a team that's um bought in and they believe in you. So I yeah, highly their it.
2: success is your success too. Mm-hmm.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. So I learned that. I'm learning. I learned that too early on, but I'm learning that too now as well as um freshly new NCO and the fresh new staff sergeant. So you know, just being in this position too as well. And I was able to write an airman, you know, this past quarter, his first quarter, not his first quarter package, but I was able to put him in for, for um, second quarter. And I was just amazed how we just sat down. We knocked that I helped him out. You know, I helped myself out, too, as well, because I was learning how to write bullets. I was learning how it works in a department. Um, And I was also, you know, just beautiful now that, I, you know, now that I'm in this position, I'm able to help out many other airmen under me. You know, instead of just being that A one C airman, you know, you can help out in many ways, but now when you become an NCO, you don't want writing packages. You don't want communicating with the higher you don't want advocating for these airmen. So that's most definitely a beautiful experience. Now I'm learning how to balance that. You know, I learned how to balance, you know. Uh, I learned how to balance, you know, A one C airmen, but now I'm learning how to balance those NCO role. The yes. correct way. The correct way. And go about it the right way and just understanding that just because I'm in positions, I don't need to be hard on the younger guys. I need to remember it's always where I came from and I always bought up, you know, with the great experiences I had from my um, leadership and from my and from my supervisors, first line supervisors. It's,
2: it's tough, isn't it? Man, it's pretty tough being mm-hmm. an NCO. Yeah, it's a That's challenge. Right. Well, just being That's a leader right. in general is is a That's hard right. thing to do. Yeah, so you got all the right tools.
1: Yes, yeah, so I feel like some days you're doing good, and some days you're just messing up. Like I was, I was, I wasn't too much really feeling that because at first I was just coming to work, you know, be on time, do my job, get my CDCs. It was not I was worrying about myself, but it just that I didn't have a lot on my plate. Once I put on staff sergeant, it was, like, elevated, you know, not, but not in a bad way. It's a good thing. It's a good way. You know, they, they make sure, sure you, you mowed it correctly. They start you off with starter tasks. But, you know, in the beginning, you feel like you're messing up. You know, you feel like, do I really fully understand my job? Because now you're in a new role, you know. It's expected like you're a staff sergeant now, so you got to get it done. You got to think outside the box. They need to think outside the box and um, make decisions. You know, as uh, that fresh new um, young airman, you know, you're really not making too many decisions. You coming in and bring you your lunch, do your two days, and they can bring you your Xbox, PS4. You know, at the end of the day, you can relax and chill. And you can, you, guard, you can still do that. You can still do that, yes, sir. You can still do that. You can still do that. But now you just got more tasks, more roles, more things to knock out, understanding deadlines, understanding, um, you know, the meat and potatoes about becoming an NBA and NCO. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Responsibilities have have increased. But it's it's a nice increase though. It's a nice increase. You could you could really feel the impact too as well, being in open. System. You can feel the impact that you have on them and around you that you have on your organization. So that's nice.
2: You talked about understanding your why. What's your why?
1: Um my why just never forgetting, you know, that I come from home. Um, my parents too that motivated me, um, friends back home and just wanted to see see better, see better in the world and help others see better too as well. That is almost, that's just always my why, just setting goals, and moving forward, but never forgetting, hey, this is where I started, this is where I came from, Um, and just never forgetting that why. That's sort of my why, just home. That's where I came from. It's, uh, that motivated me every single day, just knowing I didn't have um, ample amount of opportunities, um, just knowing I didn't have everything to give it to me. But that, that's, that's, that was better for me, because it made me this individual I am today. But I always seek out the reach for goals, and, and knowing that this organization, it will help you grow if you reach out and go tackle those opportunities, you know, I stayed in that just because you come from, um, inner city, not saying that if you come from a uh, middle-class upper-class, you don't see those same opportunities. I just know, um, my, my background, I came from inner city, so I most definitely seen opportunities firsthand and I don't take it. I don't take it for, um, I don't take it for lightness. I don't take it for lightness.
0: Well, your time as a, 12 OEY in the seat, you know, in the cycle is, is almost up. Like you said, you're, you just put on staff. So you've got kind of a new, a new role to play. Yes, um, what, so what's next, you know, uh, are you kind of planning on trying to PCS anytime soon? You have any, you said you have any kids, you know, again, congratulations on that. So that's going to change life tremendously for you. Yes, sir. But you know, what else, what other big plans do you have here soon?
1: Um. Uh... I love uh base Andrews, but I know um as a freshman new NCO it'd be time to get out your comfort zone once again and go to a new base. But I have no orders at all yet and I've been in uh, four years, six months, but no orders yet. So I don't I don't mind standing at Andrews for six, seven, eight years to be honest. But I know I know how it works. I do need to get to a new base and uh establish more roots and learn more and learn more from this great culture, this great organization, this great climate that we have within the Air Force, within our career field. So I know it'll be almost time to to lead in this soon leave the nest. get in my first duty station, I know it's time to leave the nest. <laughs> yes, so, um but I'm um, just continually learning the job, like I said, um, I'm feeling in station capital right now, um, just learning this position, learning the ins and outs of it, working with those different personalities for the first time, because like I said, I'm real reserved, so I was just quiet, knocking my stuff out, moving high maneuver, but now I'm in this position where I have to talk, where I have to explain things, where I have to communicate, and learning communication was another thing for me too as well, so just learning, learning the job, learning the job. So I'm just growing while I'm time. Yes, so beyond moving or PCSing and beyond
2: learning the job, what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself?
1: Um, I see myself doing the job until I retire, sir. I enjoyed a career field. I led a career field. Um, firefighting wasn't wasn't something I would, wanted to do. Before I joined, I really didn't know too much about firefighting. But when a recruiter told me I had 3E7X1, I looked more into it. Then I went off to um, tech school and I fell in love with it. And now I'm at my first duty station. I fell in love with the job. It's, it it changes every day. It's different. It's something different every day. And it, it's nice. It's beautiful. It's like a family. It's it's always like a family. But I find it most definitely like
2: a family. Well, like man, those, those degrees you're chasing, I, I was anticipating you were saying going after officer or OTS or, or something like that. Yeah. So, so I I mean, get, it, it, at your pace, man, you're you're going to have a handful of master's degrees and probably a doctorate by the time you're or, done. Or getting
0: it. out and running a business or something you know, extraordinarily crazy like that or running for Congress or.
1: As <laughs> uh, I right. Thank you guys. But I just plan to just um, grow where I'm at and just continue to learn and learn and grow and just help inspire this as others inspire me throughout my career and still inspire me. I'll just take it a day at a time, but I really love fire. Um, I get asked that question a lot about commissioning, but to be honest, I just don't think the grass is green on the other side. Sometimes, and I love why I'm at, even though I know changes could be good, but I love why I'm at and just want to grow in the career field uh, and to be honest, my my uh, plan is to do 20, 20, years and retire. So <laughs> yes, sir, I plan to stay in there a long time.
2: No, nah, you're not going to do 20, man. You'll be a 30 year chief master in the Air Force.
1: Uh, hopefully, you know, this podcast will around in the next uh, 15 years. And I remember myself saying I'm going to do 20 and retire. And I had to play this a couple of times, so I won't forget. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I won't forget to go past that number. So yes, sir.
0: Well, well, Matt and I look forward to working for you
1: someday. Uh, uh, I look forward yeah. to working for you guys. You know? <laughs> learning yeah. it's a lot that i don't know
2: <laughs> yeah yeah super impressed jay um really happy that you agreed to talk to us you have anything else to share any other um nuggets of wisdom that you want to pass on to our
1: listeners um first i just want to say thank you guys for having me today on your platform um this is an awesome opportunity to reach the whole career field and this most definitely will be turning big, bigger than what it is right now. But I know it's already on a big platform, but it's going to continue to grow. So thank you guys for having me and giving me the opportunity to come on and speak today. And just um, everyone listening just continue to do great things, continue to uh, work hard, continue to help others to grow as well. So, and I just want to give um, a shout out. Watch the podcast that you had with CMAT and Sergeant Keel, AJ Keel on here too. Where he gave me a good shout out. So I just want to make sure I gave him a good shout out to us. He's a great guy. <laughs> He's a great, humble guy. He's an innovative leader. He always thinking new ideas. style. So he's just always thinking. When I was around him, I I, I um started learning who he was more with the 1208Y. But since day one, he always just think about ideas to grow the department, grow the organization. He always on the go. That's a great yeah. guy. That's a great guy to be around. He made me check my stuff, like man, what I'm doing. But he got he got a lot. He gave me a lot of great nuggets of information. Yeah, innovator is yeah. a good
2: word. It's a good word to explain him. Yeah, he's he's always thinking of. Whatever whatever we need to do, or what what the next thing is. Yeah. All right, Jay. Good talking with you. You too, sir. All right. Thank you for listening
0: to this episode of the Fire Dog Podcast. You can find more content just like this regularly posted at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Fire Dog Podcast. That is Facebook.com forward slash the Fire D A W G podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with your friends and coworkers. I'm Ben Perry here with Matt Wilson and our guest Jay Starks. Until next time, stay safe.